विवेक There were more upsets on the final day of the group stage matches as South Korea beat Portugal 2-1 and Cameroon beat Brazil 1-0. The winning goal in both matches coming in stoppage time. Cameroon have uh, not made it to the knockouts even though they beat Brazil thanks to a late goal by Vincent Abubakar but still a very significant result for Cameroon they once against a side like Brazil. Yeah it was the first time a Brazil side lost to an African country in the World Cup so uh, granted that they had made nine changes to the team that started against Switzerland it still is a significant thing and as Chiche told us uh, after the game uh, he said that you know history will record me as the first coach of a brazil team to have lost to an african side and there's nothing i can do about it so yeah it is significant ligobert song said that you know the team is on the right track and what was important was the way cameroon did not really give up i mean their goalkeeper was used for target practice for the entire game but they still persisted and vincent abubakar i mean this is exactly the kind of fairy tale stuff that the world cup is made of he plays in the saudi arabian league he Uh, came on as a substitute against Serbia and turned the game around and then he becomes the first player from his continent to help beat Brazil now i mean this these are things that dreams are made of really along with brazil diman uh, switzerland are also advancing to the knockouts they beat serbia 3-2 in an entertaining game switzerland took the lead through sardan shekeri in the 20th minute before alexander mitrovic and duzan vlahovic helped serbia take a 2-1 lead switzerland struck back with two goals in 4 minutes from real embolo and remo froyler uh, switzerland are generally known to be a defensive team but when they did concede two goals they did find the ammunition as well to score three themselves uh, so they have they have progress uh, the man in general there has been no shortage of drama in the group stage uh, it's been a very entertaining world cup so far how would you sum up what we saw in the group stage The last set of matches were crazy. I mean, just just think of what happened between the Germany, Costa Rica, Spain, uh, Japan games. Yes. There was a point in time when suddenly everyone realized that both Germany and Spain are going out, because that is when uh, Costa Rica were leading Germany and Japan were leading Spain. Hmm. Now Germany pulled things back. Some sanity was restored, or whichever way you look at it, uh, in terms of reputation. But it's been crazy it's been end to end drama and it's, it's south korea yesterday uh, i was at the uh, education city stadium south korea finishes their game but uruguay and ghana haven't so south korea although they have won they know that one more goal from ghana and they're out so it was a situation that things kept changing it was like every minute something else was happening so the last set of games were great excitement and i would say that the hectic part of the world cup is now over uh from four games a day we are down to two it's been a very interesting group stage in the sense that there have been results that people couldn't think of you know, top teams have been knocked out belgium have gone home germany have gone home denmark have gone home uh 
there are more teams uh, from Africa and Asia than ever in the round of 16. Uh, that also means fewer teams from Europe. So it just gives you a sense of the World Cup. You know, it, to me, this this group phase was uh, a sense of, gave a sense of the gap being reduced in international football. And it sort of makes the case for a bigger World Cup next time around. Right, right. Uh, the fans always tend to have a recency bias. But uh, from like recent memory, would you say, at least from what we have seen in the group stage so far, it's been... One of the better World Cups in, in recent memory? or how would Yeah, you because it? I think uh, 2014 was an excellent World Cup in terms of goals. And everybody said that because it's happening in Brazil, everyone's scoring more goals or whatever. But I would say that this has been very interesting too. This has been very exciting. And in the sense that teams punching above the weights. I mean, okay, they are all teams that have rested regulars. But look at Brazil. They rest regulars and they play Ederson in goal, Antony in front. They play Rodrigo. It's a team that can still scare you. And they lose to Cameroon. It just shows that, okay, the lesson there may be that, you know, Brazil could not be as efficient in front as uh, they would have with Vinicius uh, playing or Hafinia playing. But the team that Brazil put out was no flake by any means. You know, again, uh, Spain, Pedri and Gavi have been such outstanding figures in this World Cup. Um, I think they have a combined age of 37. So, Tunisia beating France. I mean, all these things put together, I think uh, it's been a very exciting group stage, really. Uh, what added to the excitement on Friday night was South Korea's win that helped them advance to the round of 16 along with Portugal. Both South Korea and Uruguay, who beat Ghana 2-0, had the same number of points. But South Korea eventually had progressed since they had scored more goals in the tournament than Uruguay. Uh, South mm-hmm. Korea's victory came from a Portugal corner uh, late on as the South Koreans launched a quick counter-attack. Uh, Deman, South Korea are the third team from the Asian Football Confederation to make it to the knockouts, the most that has ever been in a single edition. Uh, how significant a moment is this for Asia? I'd ask Graham Arnold this, you know, whether Australia had uh, uh, qualified beating Denmark. And Graham Arnold said they had no idea that France had lost to Tunisia and it would have been a heartbreak had they, if, if Australia had not won, it, went, it would have meant that they're going out. He made the point about Japan and South Korea already having improved and being consistent in the World Cup. Uh, Australia, he said, we have a lot of traveling to do, which makes it difficult for us, but we are also catching up. And then he spoke about uh, West Asia, where Saudi Arabia is trying to build its league. They have made an offer to Ronaldo, which is some 173 million pounds a season or something. Uh, some crazy stuff. So if the Saudi Arabian league starts attracting top talent, like China once did, uh, you know, that taken together, it would just show that uh, Asia is sort of coming of age. And as far as I'm concerned, it makes the case for a bigger World Cup. You look at a situation like there were 16 teams at one point in time in the World Cup. It became 24 teams. Then it became 32 teams. Had it not expanded, a South Korea would never have gotten a chance to play the World Cup. A Japan would never have gotten a chance to play the World Cup. It would have been, or they would have, it would have been so much more difficult for them. And it's because the teams expanded. South Korea played every World Cup since 1986. But it was only in 2002 that they got their first win. So the point here being that if you expand the World Cup, you could have a situation where there would be one-sided games. There could be games that are not contested very well. But if those teams are serious about their football, they will get to a point where they will be able to make a mark. 
South Korea, Japan, Saudi Arabia. Look at Saudi Arabia. The 0-5 in Russia, 0-8 uh, against Germany some years back. They've got things together. Whatever they have a good coach, a good team of players, they look Argentina in the eye and, and they beat them. Uh, so I'm saying that it sort of fits in nicely with the case of having a bigger World Cup, these kind of results. And Asia has more than made its case for justifying that the increased number of births that they will get in 2026 has been well-earned, has been well-deserved. Riman, I wanted to come to this last round of group matches and uh, we've spoken about France losing, Portugal losing, Brazil losing uh, due to making wholesale changes. Uh, The whole point of having the last round, all of them together is so that no team has a distinct advantage. Some might feel that it undermines teams who are looking to qualify. We have spoken about rest being important as well. It's a fine line, isn't it? Where do you stand on this? Uh, It's fine. I mean, every coach will tell you, we've got 26 players here. There's a reason why you have 26 players. You could have come here with 15 or 16 then, otherwise. So, the reason why you come with 26 players is that you give your squad adequate time to rotate players, rest them, get ready for the entire tournament, not one game. So, Luis Enrique was asked this just after the Germany-Spain game. And he very clearly said, I can assure you, that we will not speculate on the result. He did not say who he'll play, as Brazil showed, as Spain showed. Even if they're fielding their, not their first choice team, it is a very significantly, uh, it's a team that's, that's not thin on talent. It's a team that's not thin on experience. And uh, I don't think that really... There is a case to be made for saying that, you know, the, the best 11 should always be played out of. Who decides what the best 11 is? Number one. Number two, why would a coach take a chance in an insignificant match or an inconsequential match for his team mm. and then suffer an injury or something that leads to that team being hurt in a mustering game or in a knockout game? So, it's, it's absolutely fair for the coaches uh, uh, to field the team that the teams that they do. And it's, uh, it's, it's absolutely all right because they... They bring a certain number of players. You have a squad of players. You don't have only 11 players or you don't have only 16 players. So, I'm really not with people who think that, you know, the best players should be fielded or whatever. Because the best is a very difficult thing to say. I mean, who's best? So, I think it's absolutely all right. In a tournament uh, play, this is what has to be done by teams and uh, nothing wrong with that. I guess rest is important, especially when there's such a short turnaround time between the group stage and the round Absolutely. of 16 games. Yeah, There is no yeah. turnaround time. I mean, yeah. yesterday the group stage ended, USA, the, the yeah. round of 16 games begin today. So, yeah. rest is important, yeah. Hmm. Uh, Diman, the round of 16 begins today. Uh, it is the knockouts and there's no second chances from here on. The Netherlands take on USA and Argentina playing Australia. Uh, Ego Stimach in his column for Hindustan Times said that he had Argentina as one of his favourites coming in and that they're beginning to play like favourites now. Uh, do you mm. see Argentina running into any problems against the Aussies? Well, the thing about today's games is this. Australia and USA have nothing to lose. And I'm always wary of such teams. Any result apart from Argentina and Netherlands winning is an upset. Mm. So, is a massive upset. So, the pressure is all on Netherlands and Argentina. Nobody expects USA to win. So, they can go out and have fun. And if you take that pressure out of the situation, players start enjoying themselves. Uh, the situation does not happen in the sense of what Roberto Martinez said about the Belgian team, that the players were too 
scared of the noise outside, too fearful to be able to play their own game. If that can happen to teams today, it is not going to happen to USA or Australia. It is going to happen to Argentina and Netherlands. They are expected to win these games. So, I am thinking that, you know, that is what makes these games interesting. And given the drama of late goals that we've had, these two games should not be short on excitement. These two games and the remaining games in the round of 16 should definitely not be short on excitement. That said, Argentina are in the groove. They have shown against against Poland that uh, this is what they're capable of. So, uh, it's possibly the right time to peak if they really have to go deep in this competition. There's been so much talk about Argentina given that this may be Messi's last World Cup. Uh, Deman, do you think that might weigh some of the players down? Or it's, it's essential in these games that you play with freedom and not think about the repercussions of losing, isn't it? It is. It is. And that's what I said. That's exactly where Australia and the USA have an advantage. They are better placed to play with freedom than Netherlands and Argentina. Uh, insofar as your question is concerned, I, I don't know. I mean, Argentina has shown a lot of character in being able to bounce back from a defeat. And they've only got better. And Messi is used to living with this. It cannot be easy. It certainly cannot be easy. But he has been able to cope all right for the past few years, almost a decade, if I may say so. Uh, so, I think Messi's last World Cup thing is something Argentina knew, the players knew. Even if he said it sort of a uh, month before the World Cup, it was kind of evident that he's not going to be around for the next World Cup. Uh, I think they're kind of used to it. It is not something that should be weighing them down. This is a team that has gone 36 games unbeaten. So, there is a lot that they can tell themselves. You know, we can do it. Uh, We have done it. They went to the Copa in Brazil and won it, beating Brazil in the final. So, this is a team that is not short on confidence. And it is a set team. It has a way of playing. Scaloni has been uh, able to forge uh, it into a cohesive unit. I am thinking that the Messi situation is something they have dealt with all right. And uh, in this World Cup, and uh, it should not be something that's weighing them down. Uh, regarding the US demand, uh, they have shown that they can match the top teams. They had a nil-nil draw against England where you could argue that they had as many chances as the English. Against Netherlands, uh, do you expect them to, to, to be solid defensively and, and capitalize on those one or two chances? That will be key for them. I think they'll no no no. I think they'll they'll play the way they have been. That is very high press uh, with a lot of energy in the front line. They have good players. I just uh, don't know the situation on Christian Pulisic whether he'd be fit to start. You know they have shown that they have the they have the energy, the enterprise, and the confidence to look at big teams in the eye. They have started in one way in all their games, and I don't see that changing today. And they have, you know, players like Weston McKinney outside of the front line. Weston McKinney, Yunus Musa. Uh, they have a fairly solid defense. It's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be a good game. Netherlands are definitely not going to have it easy. And I don't see USA changing the way they have been playing so far. I don't see them sitting back uh, in a middle to low block uh, and then looking to hit on the counter. I see them pressing Netherlands from the off and then taking it from there. Right, right. Uh, the group stage has offered us plenty of excitement and let's hope that the knockouts continue in this fashion. That's certainly the hope. Sure. That was it for this episode. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us on our Twitter handles at Vivek9301 and at DemanHT. If you're a true football fan, 
you cannot not subscribe to kickoff our weekly newsletter on the world game which hits inboxes every friday for more updates on this podcast follow hd smartcast on instagram facebook twitter youtube and linkedin and to listen to more such podcasts log on to hdsmartcast.com this was a hindustan times production brought to you by hd smartcast Hey, Steve Smart Glass.